Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 39, From Settling to a Passionate Life. Helen Helix is an intuitive counselor and licensed therapist with 35 years of experience supporting her clients to help heal traumas and limiting beliefs and supporting them to catapult forward to lives of joy, connection, and adventure. Helen uses her powerful intuitive gifts and processes to dive deep and move quickly. She works with clients all over the world via video conference. In today's episode, Helen and I talk about life, and she shares her story of falling in love later in life, and she even gives me some sound dating advice. It's a really fun and great conversation. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, we have the honor to speak with Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi, Corinne. How are you? I'm awesome. And I'm so excited to be here because I love you and I love what you have to say. And I can't wait to get into a juicy conversation with you. (laughs) Thank you. I love you too. Okay. So I always start out the podcast talking about what your love lesson is. And your love lesson is essentially something in your life that brought you to a standstill and made you regroup and change and transform to become the woman you are today. And and also take what, you're less, what you learned to help be of service to others. And you want me to address that? <laughs> well, yeah, just tell us a little bit. I mean, you don't have to say everything because, you know, like a, the love lesson could be a, a big moment in your life or it could well, be- Well, okay, moment. I'll just t- tell you my most recent one. I'm 70, I'm almost 72 years old. And the reason I said that you want me to talk about that is because I'm almost 72 years old. I could pick about a thousand turning points in my life, my love lessons. But my most recent one was that I kind of had a radical transformation of what I do uh, like three years ago. And it took me on a a journey down a different path of much more self-love and self-confidence, which just sent me and my husband on completely opposite paths. He was kind of cruising into old age doing nothing. And I was like reborn into a youthful vitality. And so I left him at 71 with, without the financial security of his pension and so forth. But I, the, the love lesson to me is I don't give a, can I cuss on this podcast? I don't care how old I am. (laughs) I'm going for the juice and passion of life. And that to me is my current love lesson is I don't care how old you are. Don't settle for something that doesn't satisfy you. You know, you've got a risk. It's a big risk. It takes a lot of courage, but man, you feel so alive when you're doing it. And, uh, you know, I don't care how old you are and I don't care how young you are. Don't settle. You know, you deserve the whole package and you and fight for it. That is so beautiful and so important to say, because I feel like as we get older, we're like, we start to give up on the dream, especially when we pass the reproductive years, we're kind of like, ah, it's done. And sex, so many, especially women, you know, in menopause. And again, I, you know, I don't mean to say that I'm stereotypical in that regard either, because I really, my heart goes out to women who've lost their libido or who have pain during sex or all those things, because I never had any of them. I don't know why. I have no idea. Um, but fight for that too. You know, that's part of the whole package is, yeah, don't just cruise into old age and say, well, this is, yeah, I, I had my glory days. And now all I get to do is swing on the porch. I mean, <laughs> don't, don't go there. Swing on the porch. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, it's, you know, even I'm 40 and it's still kind of like, it's like, okay, I'm getting there. And, and then what, what's so great, you're one woman and there's, I have two clients that are 80 something, 78, 
have boyfriends and like dating and having sex. And I'm just like, wow. Like I, it really inspired me. Cause whenever I have these moments of like, oh, I'm 40 and I'm single. And I'm like, hey, these are older women that are finding love and having passionate sex. So it's not over. It's definitely not over. You know, it's funny you saying that though. Cause I remember when I got divorced you know, a long time ago from another husband, I was, I think I was 37, maybe. I don't remember. I, I was young and I thought it was over then. <laughs> Momentarily, of course, momentarily, yeah. but you know, it can happen to you at any age, that feeling of, of despair and, you know, wondering if, if you'll ever be able to close the gap between where you are and your vision of a passionate life. Yes. And a passionate life doesn't always necessarily include a partner. No. You can have a passionate, joyful life. And then if a partner comes, wonderful, but it's not the necessarily the goal. You know, it's a very good point, Corinne. Uh, and, you know, th something that's tricky, though, at least for me, was that I thought I was having a passionate life, even though my husband were not sexual anymore. You know, we, we were just like roommates, but I still had a passionate life. I had a passionate sex life with myself and I had a passionate life with my friends and family and, and I love my work. And so, I, you know, it's interesting though, because the temptation for me was to say, you know, I'm just not meant to have that peace this lifetime. And, but I have a passionate life. And so sometimes our desire to be grateful for what we have can get in the way of us going for the full fulfillment. And sometimes that's very tricky. It is. Yeah, because you want to be comfortable. You want to be surrendered and excited about what you have. But then if you're wishing for something else, that disappointment could then, then take you down the path of negativity and pity and feeling sorry for yourself. Anyway. Well, that, or you can pretend you're not disappointed. Or that. And you can settle because you're pretending that you're not disappointed. That's what I was doing until my sister, who's a year younger than I am, found the love of her life on, on the internet. And I said, damn, you know, I want that. <laughs> you know, I want that. And so it's like, let yourself be open, you know, maybe you are supposed to be alone and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. When I have moments where I'm alone, like right today, I, I spent the night at my own house for a change and I was meditating outside and looking at the view and thinking, you know, I am completely whole and content with myself. Right. It's important. It's really important because then it allows you to meet the partner that you want to meet because you're coming from a place of wholeness and completion within yourself and you're not seeking for anyone else to come and fill you up. Right. But when he comes. <laughs> or she. Or she. Absolutely. Or they. Or, <laughs> or they. they. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is a whole different feeling. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you will have it. You know, you're yeah. too lovely for the universe to be not bringing you somebody to experience some more lessons with. I mean, that's really all it is. It is true. Thank you. you. Know, yeah, it's just, just different lessons. True. It is true. It becomes a mirror. And I think that's a lot of the times why people steer away from relationships also, because they know that a relationship opens up that Pandora box where you start to see things inside yourself that come up for healing that can be very challenging. It, it really starts to, it, it's, it can be painful. It's, it can be. <laughs> it absolutely is. You know, every time it happens to me, every time I get out of a relationship, I'm alone for a while. And then I get into another one. I think, damn, I thought I was more well. <laughs> I thought I was more well than this, you know, because, but just another layer of stuff comes up. And, you know, that's what I'm experiencing now at almost 72. It's like, oh, my God, I'm still insecure. I'm still reactive. I'm still anxious. And that's okay. You know, that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I want to learn. And if I'm going to learn, I have to have stuff to learn. Yeah, it's never ending. It's, it's, it's putting yourself in that place 
of surrender and openness. And yeah, I mean, love does that. I mean, it's healing. It's so healing. And in that healing process, you're opening up parts of you that can be painful, that need love to come in and rinse it away, wash it away, you know. So it's a beautiful process. I was listening to a podcast this morning, um, Oprah, I think it was interviewing Harville Hendricks, who's, uh, you know, a famous Imago therapist who was talking about the, the people that we choose. The people we have chemistry with always remind us of one of our childhood caregivers. Yeah. And that we're always, I mean, my boyfriend right now totally reminds me of my dad, Uh, you know, not, not in every way at all, but in certain ways, he totally reminds me of my dad and that we do that, that, that the underlying impetus is that we need to replicate those early childhood traumas in some way in order to heal them. Not because we want to have the pain repeat, but we want to have the healing of it. And I'm really experiencing that, you know, what you're saying, how Mm -hmm. healing love is. And that that's the ultimate is if you find somebody that you have chemistry with who reminds you in some way of your childhood caregiver and you and they love you and comfort you and are partnering with you in the process of learning and accountability and all of that then then you've got it all because mm-hmm. you are actually healing and and that's what i'm feeling for the first time in my life it's it's un, it's amazing feeling because before i would find the person i was attracted to and they would be my depressed mother and then i would spend you know 10 years <laughs> trying to help them not be depressed and they would never get out of being depressed and then i would say oh damn you know i i i have to let them go and you know that's a very good point because there's two different <clears throat> there's two different ways of that because I had an ex that had elements of my father but it wasn't the good qualities it was right. the qualities of putting me down making me feel small and I was like oh wait this is how my dad used to make me feel and so it was great to heal that part of myself but at the same time it's with somebody that wasn't necessarily on his journey of working out his things so for me, partnerships are really about both parties doing that personal development. We're triggering each other, but th- these are opportunities for growth and both of us have that agreement. Absolutely. Otherwise, one person has the agreement to change and the other person's just like poking and poking and not going anywhere. Absolutely. You know, what you get from that then is to, to say, you know, no. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But no. a lot of us take that, you know, it took me a year and a half, but it, you know, it takes, other people. That's fast, honey. That's very fast. (laughs) It's taken me a decade, 15 years in the last one. Um, Well, I have a lot of friends and support and people to shine light in my, to help shine light in my stuff to be like, hey, this isn't the right direction you're going in. Well, so do I. But, you know, sometimes we're slower to learn than others. And I'm saying that not to defend myself, but to tell people, you know, I don't care if it's taken you 40 years you know, and you still have a lot of support and you've been to therapy 20 times, you know, now, maybe now is the time. And, you know, you yeah, might yeah. find another guy, Corinne, who tends to be critical and, and but he's also introspective. Right. And, you know, you say, hey, that, that sounded like you were putting me down. Are you feeling insecure? Because that's what it feels like is that you're trying to keep me in my place because you feel insecure. You know what I'm saying? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I am doing that. So it's not like you have to find somebody who doesn't ever have that sharp tongue that might want to put you down because it's just a habit. It's a habit. But like you said, I could say that he, he, are you feeling insecure? And then he could be like, actually I am. And then we can have a conversation about it. And then it could be a loving growth opportunity as opposed to him being defensive and being like, no, I'm not insecure. You're insecure. But you know, but exactly, exactly. But you might be attracted to guys with that sharp tongue is all I'm saying. My boyfriend has that Mm -hmm. like my father. But Mm -hmm. when I point that out, he says, oh, wow, babe, you know, I'm sorry. I'm feeling anxious or I don't want to show you how much I need you or, you know, something incredibly vulnerable that makes me love him even more after he said some stupid comment. (laughs) I know we're so we're works in progress. 
absolutely. And I think um, that's what the part of the relationships that's always so challenging because you're like having, at least for me, like I, I'm giving so much to clients and people and I love people and I'm so much fun. And then you have a boyfriend that requires so much that I was like, I need a man that's more emotionally mature. He doesn't have to be perfect, but emotional maturity is number one because it's like, we need to have emotional, intelligent conversations. Otherwise, it's never going to go anywhere. Amen. That's all I have to say to that. <laughs> like, I can't. Amen. And, and, you know, not just emotional maturity, but spiritual right. curiosity. Right. Because spiritual curiosity is what gives us the foundation to live by. If, if someone isn't spiritually curious about, you know, overcoming the domination of the ego or whatever, they can be emotionally mature, but they're not guided. I, I don't know exactly if I'm making sense. No, but you I, are. They're not guided by their heart. They're guided by their mind. And right. So it also stunts the growth. But I mean, yeah, it just, yeah, not being in that heart, not having that faith, not having that extra miraculous energy, magical energy around you that propels you forward is, um, but I, you know, it's different. It's interesting. Cause that to me, that's such a given because we live and breathe. I live and breathe that. So I feel I like know. vibrationally, I'm just like, how would you come if you're not even on my level? <laughs> but my ex was, so you're right. You gotta, you gotta say it. He was not spiritually inclined and that definitely was a big problem. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it, 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 trust me, when you sit down to breakfast and your partner says, you know, I was listening to a podcast of Deepak Chopra about this, and I want to play it for you right now, because I think it'll support us. It's like, oh, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in heaven. I, I'm in heaven. It's so because, sweet. You know, because you're not just the one holding that energy. Right. You know, you found a partner who is holding that energy for you. And I think one of the, you know, one of the temptations for people like you and me is that we do become, we become the container for that. We become the spiritual leader in relationships instead of waiting to find a partner who is his own spiritual leader. And then you can, you know, support one another truly as equals. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like I have to be the leader. Otherwise, what are, I'm going to be sitting and waiting and waiting. Well, that's how I always felt. <laughs> that is absolutely how I always felt. But I, but my guy now is, uh, you know, I can rely on him. You know, that idea uh, everybody says, I want to marry a guy that I'm not only their lover, but they're my best friend. Right. I never had that. I thought, best friend? Are you kidding me? You know, my my girlfriends are my best friends. My daughter, my sister, my spiritual community, they're my best friends, not my guy. I can't rely on him for spiritual wisdom and yeah. emotional maturity. I can rely on him to, you know, want me and to make me feel like a woman you know, to hold my hand, you know, to do things with. But now I know what it means to have a guy that is my best friend. It's like I can talk to him about anything and he stops and he centers himself spiritually and he uses spiritual principles mm -hmm. to support me back. And it's like that. Don't don't settle for less than that. Chris. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. And I'm so happy for you. Yeah, my I realized with my last relationship, it was exactly what you're saying. It was not that. And it was so challenging because I found that I don't really have anything else to talk about. Like, that's really all I talk about. I talk about spiritual stuff. I talk about health. And, you know, of course, pop culture and like fun little things. But really, that's really all I talk about. And so we would have conversations and he would feel like he would say, I feel like we never talk. And I'm like, cause we don't have anything in common really. Like, you know, when it came down to it, I, I had to think about it. I was like, cause I feel like I could talk about anything. I'm somebody that can. Yeah. Yeah. I could chit chat. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But to when it comes to depth, the depth, right. Um, if it's not talking about 
heart, vulnerability, spiritual stuff, da, 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 talking about the universe and multidimensional stuff. Like that's the stuff I can talk about. That's what I really enjoy talking about. Well, and how are you feeling right now, honey? You know, how, how was our day between us? It, you know, did I do something that triggered you? It's right. like, you know, right. real, real stuff. That's the conversation I'm talking about. Not like, so what'd you do at work? I don't care. <laughs> Like, I didn't really care, like, about those conversations. Like, people would ask, you know, he would ask me, well, how was your day? Good. You know, that's, I want to know, like, it's more, the question, the answer for me, or the question for me is more like, so how were your clients? Did anything come up for you? Did you, how'd you feel? Like, you know, those are the kinds of conversations I would have, but it would be hard to talk about something like that with somebody that's not even open to those types of conversations. Right. And, you know, you, it's interesting though, because you would be interested in what he did at work today. If he came home and said, I really got triggered at work today by one of my employees who came in kvetching about X, Y, and Z. And I found myself wanting to strangle him instead of support him. Then you would have said, tell me more. Exactly. That's that's fascinated. Right. That's what I was trying to like, tell him. I was like, I want to hear about like, how you felt, like what happened to you? What, what what did your spirit go through? Not, I had to send out four emails. I had a PowerPoint and da, 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 like that benign information. Like that's not interesting. And boring. So, it's so boring. Like, why would I ask you about that? And so that was like the, the miscommunication. And I think for me, what was interesting because I'd never had a partnership like that where people asked me questions about benign questions anyway. And I was like, oh, so this is what adults do in relationships. They actually talk about their day, but I always want to talk about deep stuff. And so that was like a realization for myself. Like, what kind of conversations do I actually enjoy having? And I got, and then I'm spoiled because all my friends are deep, amazing women and men. We have deep conversations all the time. So I'm just, you think it's normal. (laughs) And then you meet other people and you're like, no, it's not. Yeah, but you know, what I'm learning right now is that if you get filled up with the deepness, with the depth and the intimacy, then you have a wonderful time cooking together and talking about, you know, how to chop eggplant. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, it doesn't always have to be that, but if you don't get that, then everything else is boring. Right. But if you do get that, and like with your friends, you know, if your deep friends, you if you lived with them, you wouldn't always be talking about that. You'd be talking about, let's go for a run. Isn't this an incredible hike? Right. You know, do you like that painting over here? You know, what do you want for supper? Right. But it's balanced. It's balanced where you're not like craving for a certain level of intimacy. That's just, if you never get, yeah. Then you don't want to hear anything else. Just give me that thing that's missing. And you know, that's the truth, isn't it? Is that we end up focusing on what we're missing. Right. Right. Exactly. And then everything, the bickering starts and the resentment and then just the overall, like, I just don't want to deal with you. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm so glad you pointed that out because that's exactly what it was. And I didn't, I wasn't even able to articulate. I tried to, and I was just like, what is wrong here? It's like a, it's like a, a shoe that fits, but not quite right. And it's uncomfortable and you don't know what to do about it. Well, and I think it's important for the listeners and viewers to think about that, because if you just think every moment is going to be a deep, uh, you, you know, challenging spiritual dilemma, then that's boring too, in the end. It can be, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you lived that 24 seven and you never got out and went for a jog and you know what I'm saying. Right. You'd be like exhausted from it. Exactly. So, you know, and just because somebody likes to go running or be in nature or cook or whatever, don't eliminate them offhand, just make sure they've got the other. Yeah. It's all about finding the right integration integration and balance for what you want and how you are and I think the most important thing I'm realizing is understanding who I am because the more I understand who I am and how I operate and what triggers me what I like all my vulnerabilities it makes it a lot easier to manage somebody else because then when I'm with somebody else I know what where I'm at and what I'm looking for and how I can communicate from a loving space and until I like a lot of the times in that relationship, I didn't know what I wanted. I was like, oh, this sounds good. Sure. And then I'm like, oh, I actually don't like that. (laughs) 
Why did I think I liked that? That's just a story I told myself that I thought I liked that, but I actually don't. So it was a very, very big learning lesson. And, you know, listening to you talking, I, I, I can't help but think again of how judgmental we are about ourselves and our process. You know, I should have known better. I should have learned faster. I should have been kinder to him. You know, it wasn't his fault he was that way, you know, on and on and on and on. And I think that that's another real point of awareness to emphasize is to, you know, don't be, don't be hard on yourself. Don't shame yourself about the mistakes that you've made and the, you know, quote unquote, failed relationships you've had. Another podcast I was listening to, I'm, I'm, you know, a nut about podcasts now because I jog every morning for an hour and I listen and, you know, I learn so much. And somebody was talking about how in order to focus on the positive, we have to tell ourselves three to five times more positive self messages yes. than negative right. because we tend to listen to the negative and give it so much more weight. Right. And I, I loved that ratio. Absolutely. I loved knowing that ratio. Absolutely. And I hundred percent believe in that. And for me, when I look at past relationships, specifically this one, I look at all the negative aspects, but also the positive growth points from all of those negative places. Cause it was like, okay, this negative thing happened. It was painful, but look at everything I've learned about myself that I wouldn't have learned had I not been in that situation. So the whole relationship was a failure, quote unquote, but for me, it felt like a success because I feel like I cleared, I felt like it was a year and a half, but it literally felt like five-year relationship. And I cleared so much karma and energy and all this stuff that I wouldn't have done in such a short amount of time. So it was kind of like awesome because I was kind of like, at least this wasn't like a long relationship that took me so long to get over. It was um, pretty short and compact and very intense, but it was like so many, it literally, I felt like I was living five lifetimes in one. And, and again, there, there that compensation self message is, you know, the gratitude for everything I learned. Look at what I learned. Look at how I grew. Look at the challenges I met. Look at what I'm taking away. And look at the mistakes that I didn't make right. this time around. You know, that's another positive. The mistakes I didn't make this time. Right. You know, and that is so important in, in letting go of where you are now and moving on is, is going over rigorously, meticulously going over what you're grateful for right. as you let go of it so that you don't end up focusing on the negative because then of course you're dragging that boulder around with you in, instead of that, that feeling of liberation and gratitude and openness of, you know, I'm ready for the next challenge and I got yeah. this and this and this and this out of that. It was such a success. Right, and for me, it's like, okay, like, God sent me this one and now I'm ready for the next one. So I mean, every relationship I feel like has gotten better and better and better. So I'm kind of looking forward to the next one. I'm like, okay, this, the next one's going to be even better. It's going to be a, a better relationship, a more of a fit for me and um, letting go of so much of the traditional programming that I've been placed in. Like I have to have this type of relationship. He has to do this and, da, 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 and being open to like just finding someone that matches who I am. Has, has been exciting. So now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next, for the next thing. Uh, for the next chapter. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to happen. Cause I'm not online, but <clears throat> I'm hoping that I meet him somewhere. Farmer's market, Whole Foods or something. <laughs> and, and that's possible. It you is. I, it's is. possible, but I, I personally believe in putting it out there in a more obvious way. <laughs> <laughs> I did the online dating thing for a little bit and I don't know, I, you know, I feel like it's such an energy. Everything for me is all energy. Like when my energy is in alignment and I do something, it's totally successful. If I'm not totally energetically aligned with it, it's a failure. It doesn't work or it doesn't move. I should say it doesn't move. So every time I've done online dating and I've been in like, kind of like, eh, nothing happens. So I really have to be in a space to do it and feel positive about it yeah you have to shift your intentions my darling yeah because online I'm like it's just 
You know what I say to my clients and yeah. to myself when I went online this time? I said, what I'm intending is to practice being authentic. Oh, that's a good one. Period. Period. I'm not looking for love. I'm not looking for the next guy. I am taking on my next challenge in practicing being authentic in potential romantic relationships. And oh, I like that. And it it's, you can't go wrong then because mm -hmm. all you have to do is stay true to your intention. And I had fun even on really unfun dates. Because, <laughs> you know, this one guy was really brilliant, a retired lawyer and screenwriter mm -hmm. and, you know, handsome. And, but he was such a dud in person. He like gave you nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I was practicing being authentic. And I said, you know, I can't tell anything about how you feel about me. You're giving me nothing. You said that? Oh yeah. I said that. And I said, I don't know if you think I'm nice or an asshole. I, I have no idea. And he said, I'm quite reserved. And I said, well, that's a different story. That's a different story, but you're giving me nothing to go by. And so that I, that's what I feel is nothing. And then another guy, you know, was just taught another retired lawyer. Oh my God, talk, 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 talk. And I, you know, he said he missed being a trial lawyer. And I said, that's because really? you're a, you're a performer. And he said, yeah, I know. And I said, and you're doing it right now. You know, <laughs> you're, you're totally performing, talking constantly. And, you know, so I was practicing being authentic and oh, it was so great for me. Sounds fun. It is fun. It really is fun because then you get to have fun, even if they're a dud. Yeah, I've done similar things. Like I went on a speed dating event once in LA and my intention was like, I'm going to be a healer. Like no matter what man comes in front of me, I'm just going to send him love and just, you know, be like in a healer mode. And it was really nice. I mean, the guys were not anything I would ever want to date, but they were, it was a different attitude, you know, cause I was just giving love and listening to them. And, you know, it was just a different vibe and I really appreciated it as opposed to me trying to like figure out like, is this gonna work? Yeah, I, I, can I give you some feedback though? It was just a one-time thing. I only did it once. Can I still give you some there, feedback? No, tell me. <laughs> is you were hiding. Yeah, kind of, I was yeah. definitely hiding. Yeah, you're hiding in a role. And, and if, you, if you practice dating, hiding in the role of healer, then when you meet the guy, you're still going to be in the role of healer. That's a and, good point. Yeah, so don't practice that anymore. You've already got that one down, baby. Yeah, it was only <laughs> once. Yeah, right? I'm <laughs> not criticizing you. I'm yeah. not criticizing you. I'm just saying the intention of being authentic. I like the authentic. Because, you know, speed dating for me was very like, uh this is not comfortable. So I had to like, think of a way to like, be comfortable. I get it. I totally but like, get it. But I, um, I historically, I'm just not a big dater. And I think I got spoiled because I lived in, I grew up in New York. And you don't really have to date in New York because guys just snatch you up in the street. You just go, you just go somewhere and somebody finds you. And that was my whole existence until I moved to California. And since I moved to California, it's like, you have to make so much effort to go out and meet people. And well, right. And, and I would, I want to add another thing too. Don't wait for yourself to be comfortable. That is uncomfortable. A, oh no, absolutely. I, I was uncomfortable. Every time I said something authentic, I was uncomfortable before I said it, but, but I, you know, that's, that's, the chat that's the juice okay okay make yourself uncomfortable if you if you want to be comfortable before you do something i don't know you you know i mean <laughs> what would you say to your clients you know you wouldn't tell your clients don't do anything uncomfortable no i would i wouldn't say do, don't do anything uncomfortable but i also don't i would say don't put any don't put yourself in a situation that doesn't make you feel safe well, so of course, of course. Feel, make sure you feel safe and feel a little bit uncomfortable to push yourself. Of course. But, you know, I, my ex had a therapist who told him, if it's uncomfortable, don't do it. Really? 
That's like working out. He was like, a why horrible, you... he was a horrible therapist. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> horrible therapist. So yeah, you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. You've got to be willing to, to jump off the cliff and trust yeah. and trust yourself that whatever happens, you know, you're going to be, you're going to make, you know, orange juice out of that smashed orange. Oh, I absolutely will. I feel like I, I can always do that part. It's just the first part. That's just like the actual going out there, dating. I, I feel like once the initial part is over, then I'm like, okay, this is cool. But it's just that that's, initial part. Honey, that's what I'm talking about, though. That part. It is the initial part. <laughs> the initial part. The initial part is the jumping off the cliff. Oh, it's you. so terrible. It's like the texting. But and- listen to you. I hate it. You, <laughs> you know, I you're. It. I hate it. I really do. I really okay, do. Like- okay. But, you know, just say, I'm going to practice being authentic. I'm going to practice being authentic and I'm going to circle back to you and tell you how it went. Okay. And, and call me for support. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll figure out what you weren't authentic about. And that's why you're feeling miserable because if you are authentic, every time you connect to somebody, you're going to feel good about it. I love how this podcast has become about my dating life. It's become a therapy set, a coaching session, you know, how did Corinne start dating again? Um, (laughs) But it has been the topic of the week. So I guess it's it's, um, appropriate. Well, and and you know what, honey, you're doing it right now. You know, you're practicing being authentic in front of all these people. (laughs) And I'm sure there are millions of listeners out there that can relate. Absolutely. Almost everybody who goes on to a dating site has an agenda that doesn't get met and then they hate it. Mm. And then they either cover that up and become more and more desperate or they quit. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I just have to get past my romantic notions of me just walking in the street and this beautiful man says, Hey, you're so gorgeous. And then, then he ends up being the perfect guy. And then I go off in the sunset. Yeah, well, <laughs> good luck with that one, honey. No. I, uh, know. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say even about that. It's so outrageous. I know, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I think I read too many romance novels. <laughs> I guess. Or, yeah, but, it, you know, it's all over the movies, TV, social media, you know, is just you know, put that energy out and the guy will come. And, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, it's not realistic. And it's, it goes back to what we were talking about originally, like certain people that may work for, but for people like me, if I want something in life, I have to kind of go for it and make it happen. And that's true for every aspect of my life. So well, you have to do your part, right? You right. know, the universe will do its part, but, but you can't just lie back and wait for exactly come to you because you're sending out a vibe. I know. And I know that I was, I'm joking, but I, I mean, partially feels like I know that's not the reality, but. Uh, well, I, I, I get it though. You know, I was pretty also when I was a young woman and men would just come to me, but, but, you know, then I got what I got. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Then you get what you get. And I, that was, exactly. then, then you're kind of stuck with this like person that you would have never chosen. Exactly. Because you're beautiful and you walk down the street and guys want you. So, you know, you can go ahead with that or it doesn't work. It doesn't work work for what you want because you have a very high standard, you know, of of something specific you're looking for that is based on authenticity on both sides. So going into it with the intention to practice authenticity, then you can't lose. Right. Then you can't even be disappointed. No, because you're just being yourself. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And, and they, you know, then you get to see who they are and then you get to focus a lot more on evaluating them than on waiting for them to want you. Yeah. And, it's, taking, always... taking, and it's also, honestly, it's the, the real part of it is like taking full responsibility for who you are and manifesting what you want in your life. Ultimately, it comes down to that, right? And well, um, well said, <laughs> and I know that. So part of me is just like, I'm just not ready to take full responsibility until, until I'm ready. And I am ready. I am ready to do it. It's just part of me is just hesitating and I just give excuses, but I'll get there very shortly. 
I no comment. <laughs> you know, focusing on work. Um, okay, so let's get to the infinite love questions. How do you use love in your work? That's a really good question. You know, something that I've always said to clients is if you felt loved as a child, even if you were molested, beaten, criticized, abandoned, whatever, if somebody loved you, then you have a foundation for self-love. And, and if you have a foundation for self-love, you have a foundation for growth and transformation and expansion. And so the establishment of an energy of love between me and my clients is incredibly important because if they don't feel like I love them, then they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And we can't go to the depths of pain that are necessary to walk through to the healing unless they know I love them and I'm right beside them. Beautiful. Yeah. That's everything. That's everything. And I feel like that's a true mark of a healer as opposed to a clinician, right? Somebody that's actually helping you heal with love. So that's beautiful. How is your work used to serve humanity? It's all about consciousness. Uh, I had a, a, a mentor for 35 years. Beth Green is her name. Brilliant, radical thinker. And she made this comment that there are not a million human problems. You know, we think of it as, okay, social justice is a problem. Racial inequity is a problem. You know, transgender rights is a problem. Climate change is a problem, but, but it's not true. There is really only one human problem and that is human consciousness. And if we applied real consciousness awareness of the oneness of humanity and that it has to be for the highest good of all for it to work, then we could resolve every other problem. And so that's how my work is of service to humanity is that it's all based on supporting people's consciousness so that they then can apply that consciousness to their love relationships, their work relationships, their relationships to the climate, et cetera. Beautiful. What, what does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? It means that I am accountable to keep learning and growing so that I can be a role model for other people of authenticity, number one, and that is very important to me that I show my vulnerabilities. I show my mistakes. I, 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 you know, I am you, whoever you is, whoever you are, I am you. I don't care if you're young, old, black, white, male, female, we are all one. And, you know, I've got all the same crap going on that you've got going on. And I'm committed and responsible for myself to do something about it when I see it. And so, you know, that's my commitment is to be a, a role model of continuing courage and continuing passion so that, you know, I can inspire other people, not out of being perfect, but out of showing them, you know, like I said before, it's like, you're never too old. Yeah, that's great. And that's beautiful. And it's true. Um, it's like that we're all connected, like everything that you go through, I go through. And, you know, just because we're doing this work doesn't mean that we're any better than anyone else. It's just we've gotten a few feet ahead, and we can bring you along. And exactly. the more that we grow, the more that we can bring people along. And it's all about the journey. And it's not about perfection, because none of us are perfect. And it's true, like sharing our difficulties, with people can see, oh yeah, I'm going through that too. And yeah, you know, I, if she made it, I can do it too. And I feel like that's so inspiring. And I feel like I need that all the time is to see people going through stuff. And I completely and agree, out. especially in our current climate of social media <laughs> falsehood, you know, the falsehood of this is what my body looks like. Are you kidding? You know, that is Photoshop. Um, or even if it isn't, it's like, why do we admire this instead of, you know, the reality of who human beings are? I mean, again, that goes against consciousness. 
it, it makes us feel like we're not good enough unless we're this way. And so people being transparent, I, you know, I can't remember the woman's name, but there's a woman on Instagram who takes all these luscious, you know, perfect bodies and little snippets and, and she's heavier and she dresses up just like them and does the movements just like they're doing as a parody. It is yeah. hysterical. I love her because she's, you know, she's making fun of, of that whole way of viewing ourselves that we need to get over. Yeah, I love it. So what do you love most about your life? Everything. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say other than I love the process of evolution. I love waking up every day. And, and, and you know, when I say that, it's like, I'm anxious and I get insecure and all the stuff that everybody else has, you know, I, I struggle with that every single day, you know, my loose skin from, from being old and losing weight, you know, it's like, I've got all that. And I give myself at least five messages on, on the positive side. You know, I love evolution. I love not knowing what's happening. I love the courage that I have to dive into whatever is in front of me. Uh, you know, I love exercising. I love my family. I love my boyfriend. I love sex. I, I love, you know, I love nature. Uh, I love you. I, you know, my ex-husband used to say, you love everything. <laughs> And he, he would say that sort of like a criticism, but, it, but it's, because, it's because I do. I energize the energy of love. I want to love my life. I want when I die, and I hope I don't die for a long time because I'm not done, if you can hear me, universe. Um, but it's like, I want to love as much as I possibly can about every single day. And, and I, that's my favorite thing about myself and my life is that I focus on that. That's amazing. <laughs> and then my last question is, where have you felt love created a miracle in your life? Well, right now, I mean, I could really cry about it. I, for the last I don't know how long I, I always thought, you know, God, I'm so grateful for my life. I've had such incredible blessings and I'm sad that I'm never going to find a real partner, but not everybody's meant to. And I guess I'm not. And that's okay. I wasn't complaining. I was really focusing again on loving my life <laughs> and on loving being grateful, but God brought me a partner. And it's a miracle. And I tell him and he tells me every day, you know, what a miracle that God brought us together at 71 and 72 to, you know, find the love of our lives, to find someone that really can heal that deep sense of longing to connect and longing to be understood, longing to be the person you always wanted to be in a relationship. Because it's not just about what you receive. It's about seeing myself being the generous lover and the generous woman and the generous partner that I always wanted to be with a man, but I never could be because I was never met and I never felt safe. And so, you know, the miracle of never giving up, I guess that's what I would say, the miracle of, of always having hope that you know, if I just keep working on myself and being grateful that God will bring me things I don't expect. And I didn't expect this. That's amazing. I just, I'm just taking that in. I was just like, yes, that's, that's the, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Loving, loving love and working on yourself to attract the person that you're meant to be with. And as well as doing online dating and at the same time. <laughs> So thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for your vulnerability and your heart and your love and your energy. I love you so much. I'm so glad we got to connect. Me too. And I'm a new friend. <laughs> uh, for life. Yeah. You know, 
I absolutely want to be your friend for life. And there, it's another miracle that, you know, I asked Susan Bratton, who would be good on my next summit, you know, and she said, the first person she said, Corinne Camara. <laughs> and it's like, thank you, Susan. I told her, I wrote to her and thanked her and said how much I love you and how we're going to be friends forever. And, you know, that's another miracle. It's like, who would have thought, who, how would we have ever met? Right? Young, beautiful, successful black woman, old white woman in a different part of the, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how would we have met? But it's like, we just knew instantly we're, we are related. Right. We're from the same soul pod. <laughs> exactly. We're from the same soul pod. So I feel the same way Aww. about you. And, and I wish for everyone listening that you look for your soul pod, you know, be aware uh, of the fact that there is a soul pod for you. I don't care what it looks like and I don't care who it is, you know, keep your heart open. There is a soul pod for you. Totally. Well, I am sending you so much love. Thank you so much. How can people find you? If people want to work with you, tell us how people can get in contact with you. Well, the easiest way is my website, which is HelenHillix.com. And Hillix is H-I-L-L-I-X. I'm on Facebook under Helen Hillix, Instagram under Helen Hillix. Um, you can put in sacred sexuality summits. You'll probably find me also. But th that the easiest way is just my website. And I'd love to hear from you. And I also have a podcast called From My Heart to Yours, which I'm not really doing actively right now. And I have a YouTube channel, Helen Hillix. Everything's under Helen Hillix. Okay. So, and I'll put all that information in the show notes. Okay, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me, Corinne. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation. <laughs> thank you so much for all the dating advice. See how, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> All right, I'm sending you so much love. Bye. Same to you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.